Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cattleshot and I'm joined by Tony Lloyd. Hello, Dave. Hi, Tony. So, it's been 15 episodes of this podcast, of the main show anyway, since we last won a game. And I've forgotten what, what that is like. Um, and almost as a kind of homage to Stoke City, the last 22 minutes of us trying to start this show have been chaotic, uh, disjointed, uh, hapless error after hapless error, just when we look like we've started the show properly and got things on the right track, a, a problem occurs, uh, which, which means... Um, that although I didn't introduce him at the start, I can now apparently introduce him. Chris Brammer has entered the conversation. How Potentially, are you doing, I mean, uh, hi, I'm um, yeah, all right. It, it, you don't know how long it will last. Uh, yes, Chris. <laughs> he gone? He's gone. He's gone. Chris is gone. He's like Joe Allen against Bristol City. He's barely around long enough to make his name. <laughs> so, Chris, are, are you Nathan Jones in? Say nothing if you agree with everything I say. Yeah, so Chris is gone now. Awesome. Chris is gone now. God knows if his audio will actually make it into the uh, the <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, so the, for the last 20 minutes, we've been trying to sort out uh, just getting the three of us round microphones, my headphones died, uh, Chris's laptop has died at least three times, and so we had him back for about 20 seconds there. But uh, we did come here to talk about Stoke, and we will be carrying on uh, without Chris. What a shambolic start to the podcast, and what a shambolic (laughs) week for Stoke City. Indeed. We got a creditable point last week, as you may have already mentioned or haven't. I can't remember which podcast attempt is which now. Um, and then we sort of we got another creditable draw away at Gatwick, um, which was spoiled by penalties and the fact that it wasn't in any way creditable. Um, and then last night we... We stoked a lovely defeat from the jaws of a decent performance again. Mm. So it's to stoke now um, a verb meaning to completely cock something up. I I went to the shops, uh, and all my shopping fell through my bag and on the floor everywhere. I absolutely stoked it. (laughs) I I think that works. Mm. Just, Just to fail... To achieve anything you set out to achieve, even if you flatter to look like you might be going to do a really good shot, like you go with your list and you get everything just right, and then you've got all the things you wanted, and some of it was on special offer, and everything's just amazing. You've got like six lots of really long dated four cheese tortelloni or something, mm. and then you get to the till and you haven't got your wallet. Yeah. Are you And then. Yeah. You go on a really fun night out with your best mates, have a have a cracking time, and then you wrap your car around a tree, for example. <laughs> oh, you've absolutely stoked that one, mate. You've absolutely stoked it. 
the 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 start of the recording process for this podcast we we stoked it big style um could not get it to work but uh yes we did lose a game of football last night how novel stoke losing a game <laughs> and for it makes a change from these boring draws anyway oh god yeah <laughs> remember how pissed off we were with the draws <laughs> oh goodness me yeah that, uh... Yeah, so um, I think that game, Tony, is almost the perfect embodiment of the Nathan Jones era, as such as it is. And it's also kind of... I think if you were Jones in, that game would probably reinforce your opinion that Jones should be in, I think. And, of course, if you're Jones out already, then certainly the result will not dissuade you from that view. Uh, because for 40 minutes, uh, we were good. We were really quite good. We'd scored a good goal. We were well on top. They hadn't had a sniff. And for the fifth time this season, our Jack has <laughs> completely... Forgot. He stoked it up. Yeah, <laughs> Jack Portland had a complete stoking. Um, yeah, and then the minute that that happens, we know to instantly lump on uh, Nottingham Forest to get all three points, and so it proved. Uh, heads dropped. Uh, goals continue to be scored from crosses, with our fullbacks very much wanting. Uh, once again, it doesn't seem to matter who the fullbacks are at this point. Goals will be scored against us from wide positions. And despite, you know, the best efforts of a few of our players, we go on to lose again and we are now back bottom of the championship. It it was really... I've passed, I passed anger a long time ago. I passed anger under Rowett. It's just, it's just misery now. It, there's no kind of, there's no hatred bubbling under the surface. I, despite my antipathy towards kind of perhaps the the CEO and uh, the the forces that have led us to this this situation, I, I don't really think I'm angry. I'm just gutted i mean we've all seen the uh after match interview on sky and <laughs> I, I, that was just desperately sad because he was he was kind of a, an admission from jones that well, I'm, I'm i'm doing the best i can and i what more can he what, do what more yeah. can i do with like how how do we how do we possibly engineer a situation where we get three points when we are just just this cursed. Um, how do how do the fates conspire to stoke things for us? <laughs> it's maybe, yeah, I I mean cards on the table. I missed the first forty minutes of the game. Oh no! I was sat on the A one, so although I have seen a bit of highlights, I obviously I walked in sort of ran to get the telly on and the first thing I see is the net rippling as we concede a goal. Um, which is, you know, 
not unexpected. Like I had seen that we were winning, and I didn't. I didn't expect to get anything from that game before the game, which I think. I don't think I was the only one. Obviously, we need points and we need them fast. But Forest are, well, they were going top if they beat us, and we were in the bottom two. Um, and they have a pretty good record this season, certainly better than ours. And they have a good record of good luck as well this season, which we definitely don't. So I wasn't expecting anything. And then obviously, as is the way with these things, we score a goal and then I'm driving for 40 minutes or whatever. And all the time I'm driving, I'm like, oh my God, we're going to win, we're going to win, we're going to win. Even though I know, I, I never rationally think that. Even when, I mean... Uh, the semi-final against Bolton when we were 5 nil up, I was still convinced we were going to lose 6-5. Like, mm. I never yeah, think we're going to win really. Inherent, yeah. Um, but, but even the second half, I like, we still looked... Uh, I, I hate saying it, but with the exception of the goals that went in and the fact that we lost, we still looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And there was hope. And it's like, I mean, it feels... It does. It feels like it's over. Certainly, last night it did. I think I've today has been a little bit lighter, and I've seen quite a lot of people on the Twitter um, saying that actually they're reasonably keen that we stick with him, even though we don't seem to look like we're ever going to win a game of football again, which I was surprised by. Um, but it, it 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 certainly last night felt like it's over, and it's hard to reasonably argue against it. Mm. Um, but it just it, it feels like we've had such a chance to really do something good with Nathan Jones and it's a combination of really terrible luck and really worse luck we're going to lose that opportunity and we'll never really know if and when it would have turned around I mean I think it's probably a measurable fact that if we sack him he would have won the next game we'll never know yeah. that'll be, that, that, it, whenever we sack him it will be just the wrong time and it's not like he hasn't made mistakes. I mean, like all managers do. And I can't think of a Stoke manager in my lifetime who hasn't made baffling substitutions in pretty much every game. And he's gambled on some selections and made some th changes I didn't really agree with. But some of them have been pretty brave the way he's... I mean, people are talking after last night, oh, you need to get rid of half the team and put four new players in. And then the times he's done that, he gets absolutely slated for making too many changes. So, he can, I mean, he can't win. We know that. Um, yeah, and... Yeah, I don't I don't want to kind of make excuses for him. Uh, I think he has made mistakes. The the deficiencies at full-back uh, being a, a key key weakness in the team. And uh, some, yeah, again, substitutions you can point to. You can point to... I think his biggest, biggest failing was not being evangelical enough about the diamond and uh, sort of yeah. dropping it and panicking about it. I think Preston was a game changer in insofar as uh, up until that game, we'd been so, so unlucky in most of our games, been so, so unlucky not to have won, not to have clung on in there. And then after two Butland errors at Preston we I think he tries to compromise or he tries to not 
have that happen again and play a mm. system he doesn't really <laughs> fancy, despite uh, despite the fact we we looked better with the diamond, and then we he kind of he he. he he is not a manager who can do the Gabby Rowett, Tony Pulis grinder result out thing, clearly. And certainly not with this team. So I think he'll look back on that with regret of not perhaps sticking to his principles harder and faster. Because mm. uh, you look at the diamond midfield which started yesterday and that's a really good midfield for me. And mm. Uh, Etebo and Ndai, I thought both had good games, um, and we some of the kind of solutions to the the Stoke malaise of the past four years and stuff, overhauling the squad, completely changing things around, new fresh approach. I mean, he's done that. He's got pretty much a new squad in. So in that sense, you can say, well, the new squad he's got in have as bottom of the championship, mm-hmm. and so he'll. He'll take the fall for that, and probably quite quite rightly so. But it is is ridiculous how, just how how very Stoke we have been, how <laughs> just utterly utterly Stoke we have been, and uh, that that's why he's got sympathy from me and sympathy from a lot of fans. Uh, Sentinel have said that he will have the Huddersfield game, and. Uh, a question uh, from uh, Al on Twitter. It says, even though we've been incredibly poor, so have Huddersfield. They have been on a par with us, and considering we're the joke team, we should really be winning Tuesday. However, would you take a defeat just to get Jones sacked? As I know many would. Um, I think some people were even saying it about this game, about you know when it gets to that stage with the managers. I certainly thought that in the Hughes era about yeah, uh, if we if we lost this game they might sack him but yeah, it, I had that for about 18 months yeah it never it never makes you feel better about a defeat in no. my experience and quite often well most of the time the manager doesn't get sacked anyway mm. um, but even apart I, do, I don't want uh, see I'm conflicted. I don't. I don't know where I stand now. Uh, I don't want Nathan Jones to be sacked because I think he's a good bloke doing his best and he's been really unlucky. But at the same time, there is no. There's no real justification for that shocking results he has. No manager would keep his job for the amount of time Jones has kept his job. I. I think he can even say he's been very, very lucky to last as long as he has. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's fair. I, I don't think it's that many years ago that keeper the manager for three seasons and one of those being the middle, one of those being a relegation or something dreadful, and just carrying on was a fairly standard thing. Mm. But it certainly isn't normal now. It just feels to me like, like you say, it's just we we can't have nice things. It just feels like we're going to be cheated out of a really good opportunity yeah for something really good to happen by just cruel fate and Jack Butland having washing up liquid on his gloves or whatever although I don't think his 
mistake last night was amongst his worst this yeah. season. And, really, it, and, and, and I don't even want but, it to be like, oh, it's solely down to Jack Butland <coughs> or Joe Allen yeah. or whoever. I don't want to no. like say individual players or um, I think collectively the team do need to take responsibility. So even players like Klukas, who I've liked this season, did not have a very good game yesterday. Tom Ince has been shocking for quite some time. Mm. Absolute liability. Um, But at the same time, you can pick these players out. Like McLean, not long before their first goal, I think it was, but in the build-up to that, made an actually really good tackle on the edge of the area. And Tom Ince, I think Tom Ince's shot, was the one that got deflected to Gregory to score mm-hmm. his goal. Yeah. And it's like, the play, even now the individuals are playing mostly quite well and it's just one or two mistakes. Mm. I mean, some of the crossing was diabolical, but... Yeah. Uh, they're not all going to be Ronaldo. And like, uh, Tom Edwards had a poor game and... <clears throat> and yeah. almost scored from that free kick that yeah. sort of brushed McLean's head. It it seems like for every good thing we do, we have to have two bad things, and yeah. it. I, I, we we can talk about the players collectively need to take more responsibility. I think that's true. I think Jones needs to take a lot of responsibility for it, and every everyone needs to take some responsibility for it. But there is there is no one blameless, but there is also no one solely to blame either. Mm. It's been a very holistic. Yes. Fuckery! This has been yeah. very, very. The stokeness goes through as yeah. like we're a stick of rock. It takes says stoke. It's yeah. And when you bite into it, it's piss flavored. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Um, so brittle, narrow. Uh, yeah, that's probably enough. Brittle, narrow can't really defend shots. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, so say he, say the impossible happens and we beat Huddersfield. Do, is Jones then on kind of game by game contract almost? Because <laughs> I, whilst it would be great and might give us a lift that we need if we beat Huddersfield, uh, I'm not so sure I see that happening. Paul Lambert's first win was at Huddersfield, if I remember, and that proved to be a bit of a false dawn. Mm. Uh, it's a bit. It's it's an odd. It's an odd one because he just feels like it feels like the Green Mile now. He feels like <laughs> dead man walking, and it's shit. It's just yeah. really, it's just utterly utterly <laughs> shit. Um, it's, I just. It feels like. I, just want it to work so much and it's like okay realistically he's got Huddersfield hasn't he if we lose on Tuesday that's Mm. bad and I can't really I can't see it turning round now I think last night is the first time I've really started to think that it's done and I'm not I wouldn't say I'm hopeful but at the same time I do still have this weird feeling of hope like I'm still enjoying it more than I did under Rowett yeah despite everything and it's like this feeling of hope doesn't make any sense anymore. It's just, it's just, I can feel I it, but I can't explain it or put words around it. Ideal for a podcast, but I just, I, I just, 
It's it's. I want him to win every game. It's now, so maddening, isn't it? Because yeah. when Greggy scored and we went one up, it's just it's just the daring to dream, <coughs> and it and it's the, and we I keep falling for it. I keep falling for the hope, and keep thinking, yeah. right, oh, this time because. Particularly the way he scored as well. It was just slammed into the net with such oh, force. It was such and it a... did that thing where it almost got stuck in the corner of the net and oh, just held in there for a second it, before it hit It was the kind of almost that. just blasted in out of sheer frustration. Yeah. Just like, bang! Like, and it kind of like jolted me into a deluded sense of, fucking hell, come on, we can do this. And then, yes. we, and then we start to play well, and then it's good. And then... The horrible thing happens, and then I know we're going to lose. I just know straight away that we're not going to come back. So that relates to perhaps the mentality thing that uh, I know certainly Jones has talked about and we've talked about for ages on this podcast, but not even with this squad, with previous squads <laughs> and the squad before that and the squad before that. Pulis. Under Pulis, we had this mentality thing. We never, we never came back from uh, losing positions to win. And go- we'd, go, we'd go a goal up and we'd show up shop and we'd cling on to the 89th minute and then we'd let two in. Yeah, yeah. And I hate football. <laughs> I know, I know. And but we could be so good. That 40 minutes and the couple of spells we had in the second half, if you join them up and cut out the shit bits, we'd be, yeah. we'd be leads. Not quite leads, because yeah. obviously less horrible and not quite as good at football. But it's, it's just so... It's still so close. It's mm. not like... I'm trying to think... Like, under Hughes, the last year, admittedly, we scraped the odd win, but I would argue still now that with your Shakiri or whoever you've got, the, the golden Premier League player, there are a lot of shit teams in that mm. Premier League, not least us, who you could just go and jam a win much more easily than, I think, in this league. It's really. like... It's like... If... Uh, you got a letter from the uh, from the Louvre saying <laughs> we uh, recognise your f- fantastic support of the arts, and so we uh, are gifting you the Mona Lisa, and you take delivery of the Mona Lisa, and you're going to hang it up in your house. You can't believe it. You've got a masterpiece hanging up in your house, and you you put it on the side to get your kind of uh, toolkit out. <laughs> And then, like, the cat shits on it. <laughs> and for most people, even a cat-shitted Mona Lisa would be something they would still quite like to have. But for a lot of people, the the work, the Mona Lisa's completely destroyed now. It has no value because of the cat shit. So we're, we're, at, we're at the stage now where we're thinking, do we um, see, do we keep trying to, you know, get rid of the stain... Or do we accept that the work <laughs> is ruined forever? The more you rub it, the browner it gets. Yeah, that's the thing. But at the same time, do you continue you can to see furiously more of the rub? Original... Yeah. <laughs> oh, now that I, I feel I, I'm starting to think I can identify with how Nathan Jones feels at the minute because mm. about 1999, I bought a 2.8 liter Capri and I was very, very excited about this car. As you can imagine, I would have been. And I thought that was just a really big up. drink. <laughs> no, it's like, it's like a they're sort of short trousers that come halfway. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I bought this Capri and I picked it up and I checked it over and I was like, yeah, okay. And I was young and foolish and didn't have any confidence in my own opinions. But I was like, yes, I've got this 
and I was driving it home and I pulled over because it was running a bit rough and I checked the oil and it looked like there wasn't enough oil in it but because I was young and he assured me that he checked it out before he sold it to me it I, I didn't trust my own judgment so I carried on driving and that's that's where Nathan Jones was a few games ago I think and the outcome of me carrying on driving was that it didn't have any oil in and then the pistons hit each other and most of the insides of the engines came out of the exhaust as I was driving until it wouldn't go anymore and I never drove it again and it cost me a load of money. I'm, see, that made sense before I started saying it. Welcome to the Wizards of Analogy podcast. <laughs> but yeah, and it was just like I had this really good thing and I completely fucked it up. And he has this opportunity, hopefully still, maybe, like he's at that point now where the engine is out of the car on a pallet and if he gets another engine in and just goes back to the diamond, you see how I'm getting back to this, yes. and then just drives it around, it will be all right. And actually, everybody will look at him and go, that's a fucking cool guy, <laughs> he, which I didn't do. But he still can at this point, he, possibly after Tuesday, he can't. He is a cool guy. I, uh, I, I enjoyed how just bloody happy he was when we scored. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you you wouldn't think that would be a big thing to like in a manager, but we had Mark Hughes for three years. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah. um, I, uh, quite, all, quite, sorry, quite, I was just going to read some questions. Uh, one That's from Rob. There. Do we stick with Butland? I bought shares in defibrillators since he came back from being dropped and I've made a killing in ST4. Uh, I mean, based on Federici's penalty saving ability, I think. It's, I'd it's, like to see Davies. Yeah, I would all like to see Davis, but I don't think he exists. Um, yeah, so it's a choice of two chocolate fire guards at the moment and a man who doesn't exist. Um, uh, Gibi says, given that since you started the podcast, Stoke have been in free fall, do you think it could be yourselves that are the bad omen? We've spoken about this many times, the fact that we think we are uh, a a contributing factor uh, in our demise and certainly it seems uh, based on a few Twitter comments that a lot of fans actually do genuinely agree with that uh, which is we, we are a curse we're, we're, we're yeah we're, we're fucking shit um... <laughs> <laughs> also tell that to Macron because they haven't helped many teams have they yeah despite the fact I think they've done some rather nice kits to be fair um, nice kids, just cursed. Yeah, uh, I have run out of ideas to kind of curse lift. I've, I've tried all I can. Maybe it takes shutting the podcast down. <laughs> I don't. I don't well, want we, to do that. Uh, we, we tried telling them to fuck off a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and that didn't really work. Didn't work. I don't think. No. Yeah. Um, come on, Stoke was better. Slightly, and then that stopped working. I think. Um, <laughs> David Carr has a happy question. Does anyone remember a worse time to be a Stoke fan? Even at the nadir of the yeah. ball era, there was the occasional win to give you a tiny smidgen of hope. I mean, possibly, like, technically we've been in lower league positions and, and things, but this is... I think it's particularly hard to swallow now purely based on how quick and severe the descent has been and yeah. the fact that there has not been a solution found uh, despite running through 
a few managers and a few different squads and different players and we tried throwing money at it and then kind of not throwing too much money at it but still neither approach uh, really paid dividends I would argue that I can think of times that I've been less happy as a Stoke fan certainly 4-0 away at Millmore was a horrible day and that was a really bad season and that looked like we were going all the way down but then we didn't so I guess the context kind of depends on what happens next a bit as well. But it is, yeah, based on where we were four years ago, this is really shit. Mm. It's hard to beat for shitness. But at the same time, I'm still quite enjoying watching us. Yeah. Near the end of most games. Like, I even, uh, even, yeah, it's like less so now as it's getting further into the season, but certainly the early games. And it's like, yeah, okay, we lost, but that was a good performance and I can take heart from that. We're still losing and we're still having some good performances, but there's less room to take heart from it, really, because obviously we're fucked. Um, Marzi says, without the bad breaks and player fuck-ups, we'd be doing okay. I'd be happy to see him stay and let him keep working things out. He didn't fluke the team he developed at Luton. I don't see another manager coming in and making a difference, so let him build. Results will turn. Uh, And I think part of the horror of the current situation is the uh, kind of Jurassic Park procession of dinosaurs lurking around the corner. <laughs> I'm sat here with my glass of water on the desk and I can just hear it, or I can just see it wobble <laughs> as uh, Tony Pulis starts to emerge in the rearview mirror. And I love Tony Pulis. I love what he did for the club. But fucking Christ, no, please. Um, and it gets worse than Pulis though because there's uh, the dancing smarmy shit eating grin of Alan Pardew uh, oh, <laughs> I got tired around uh, Chris Hewton Somebody... Chris Hew- you know what Chris Hewton's fine but it's also like Chris Hewton and mm. I, know, I know that I shouldn't really be turning my nose up at Chris Hewton when our current manager has won three games in 70 billion but I, I know I shouldn't be kind of snobby at this point when we're bottom of the championship with no wins from our first nine games. I know I shouldn't be this kind of snooty about it. But gee, no. Mick McCarthy, Mark Allardyce. <laughs> but like Go yeah, abroad. You... Look abroad. There are managers abroad. There are also players abroad, by the way. That's another issue yeah. that we should should probably fucking address. One but... of them's Josh Tyman. <laughs> yeah. And just like the the lack of imagination is a partly the reason we're in this mess in the first place, mm-hmm. and it's also just so utterly disheartening. And I know that it's it's not um, it's no kind of excuse for for Nathan Jones the the thought that oh another manager might bore us to tears, but I don't want to be bored to tears just yet. I. I still think that a proactive manager with some good ideas can get us out of this situation. It's looking less and less likely that that will be Nathan Jones. But after four years of being ill, I don't, I don't want, I don't want the horrible medicine just yet because I, I don't think it will help us in the long run. Also, the idea that Puris will ride in on a enchanted. Daffodil, <laughs> an enchanted centre back, yeah. uh, like start waving his wand around, uh, 
Sorry, that was that was, Je- that was James Beatty's anecdote. Um, no, start start waving his um, enchanted baseball cap around, and then all of a sudden, Liam Lindsay grows an extra seven inches in height and becomes an ultimate brick shit house. Uh, Jack Butland has magnets in his gloves all of a sudden, and Lee Gregory starts stamping on uh, opposition defenders' throats as he goes in for his hat trick. Uh, that's not going to happen. But also the thought that Pulis would, I don't know, maybe guide us to top half of the of the league, and then just, all oh, right, I've just uh, saved your club again. I'm just gonna leave that there. I've done I've done my job now. I'm gonna, you know, sail off into the sunset. This is Tony Pulis. Tony Pulis <laughs> isn't just gone. He, he's not the guy from. Uh, Pulp Fiction, who just comes in and fixes everything. He'll 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 want big books, as will Pardew, as will Allardyce or whatever. You know, fantasy yeah, world. Uh, a lot of people are imagining, and and Hewan as well. But it's just, uh, so yeah. So like, I'm thinking about the future, and I'm thinking about the possibilities, and it's just. Nothing there. There's nothing That's there. It. The grass isn't always greener. And I'm looking over the fence and just seeing a, a lawn that's on fire. <laughs> well, I, I think Chris Hewton is better than we deserve at the minute. Yes. But I still would rather have Nathan Jones. Mm. And like you say, we've had four years of being ill. I just want to see the sunshine. I just want to be wheeled out into a garden and look at the sky. And it is sun and, dare I say, green shoots. And... That's where it feels like we are. Yeah, and it just—I, I agree with the original tweet. Anyway, I—I I would stick with him to the conference. I realise I'm being—I'm really at one end of the spectrum, but I just—I just want it to work too much. Yeah, and I can't see any way forwards that is better than what we've got now. Apart from obviously, like if we. If we can actually win some games, if we can just build that little just bit want, of confidence, we'll be so good. I want to be one of those teams that is just kind of fun because they sometimes win, they sometimes lose, sometimes draw, and it's fine. And we go to games and we generally enjoy it over the course of a season. We have a, a few moments a season to hang our hat on. I don't, ex- I, I don't expect uh, immediate promotion or playoffs or whatever. Uh, I think we're past that point now. I just want... Um, some reminder of why I think I like football or why I think I like so because mm. it's been so long since I had that and I don't think any of the alternatives given to Nathan Jones will provide that certainly not in any kind of sustained way uh, and uh, do I get I, I think I almost said I'm not even that arsed if we go down because, I mean, Championship League One, maybe maybe it takes League One to kind of rebuild the, the club up and rebuild a kind of winning mentality in a Sunderland sense. I don't actually... We, we I don't the first. I don't think I believe that, uh, but... Um, well, when we went down to what was the second division then, which was the equivalent, Man City went down with us. Yeah. On that last day, so there is 
scope to then turn that around. Sheffield United did it. Yeah. Leeds did it. But Forest did it. We, it's, yeah. I'd rather not. We did also stay in that league for about four or five seasons, didn't we? So yeah, I re- that's when I really started going games. Yeah. And stuff. <laughs> but yeah, I'd, I'd, you're maybe a bit too exposed to say that you'd be all right. With us going down, uh, yeah, I, think, I, I, I don't I'm, think I, I do believe that. I was just kind of maybe just thinking out loud, like, would it be so bad? It actually probably would. It uh, probably would. I don't because want to the atmosphere would be horrific. Yeah, do, yeah, because I, I was partly thinking, oh, like it would be good to you know go and visit some like fun football grounds and stuff. But then I was also thinking, like, imagine the home games. The home games would be so bleak. Well, it's even bleaker <laughs> than they are now. Uh, yeah, so we kind of cancelled that thought. Um, uh, Luke says, am I the only fan who still wants to keep Nathan Jones and believes he's going to turn it around or am I downright deluded? I mean, you possibly are downright deluded, but yeah. there's quite a few of us in the in the boat with you. Mm. It's kind of, it's we're all kind of uh, in our straight jackets at the moment, just kind of laughing at each other in the padded room. But you know what? There's kind of worse places to be, I suppose. Yeah. It's better That's than being in the real world. world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, James yeah. says, "Can a change of manager stop the consistent individual errors, or is Stoke involved in a Netflix series of their own in which they were forced to sign the slapstick genre to get a commission?" Again, <laughs> that would be that True. would be again a really Stoke thing to do is to be having a Netflix drama without actually getting on telly. Mm. It's just, yeah. Tofa Noel says, "Are you happy now? Look at what you've done, you bastards!" Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm well. I don't necessarily blame myself. I think I'm still junior enough not to tar myself with your unsuccessful brush. Oh, no. <laughs> my, my computer worked throughout this attempt to record this podcast, well, so far. Um, so maybe I'm like Sam Clucas to your Jack Butland and Tom Edwards. Uh, ta- uh, Tim says, should Jones call out publicly that he thinks Tyrese can't last 90 minutes? Is this even credible for a 19-year-old athlete in the rudeness of youth? I thought you already had. Yeah. I That's th- where that came from, wasn't it? I, I yeah. Um, I don't know if Tyrese Campbell's an answer or the answer. I'd like to see him a bit more, but at the same time, I understand why he's not been starting. Uh, Verlinden continues to be added to his kind of strange... Transfer decisions because I think Villain like throwing Villinden on. I mean, he's got to be better than Ince, right? Or at least yeah, more exciting so. to more exciting to watch. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I didn't add time into that list. I know, I know, you had a bad game, and it looked like he was bombing out. But would we have minded having another left back to try out at this point? I mean, how many other players since time and got bombed out for one, well, ropey half? have looked equally as bad as he did yeah um so it's i i want i i want to be like offering like a solution or trying to think you know helpfully about our current situation and think this is how we're going to get out of our situation this is what we're going to do uh this is the these are the steps we need to take but it's just the sheer stokeness of it that's it's so endemic. And we we talk about the the kind of players having mentality problem. I think it's kind of the, we as fans sometimes also have that same thing of if we don't believe 
we we can get out of it. What chance do the players have of believing they can get out of it, or Jones or anyone? And I I don't see what the way forward is. I think we could win on Tuesday against Huddersfield. I think we well we should anyway. But but at the same time, I can easily envisage uh, throwing away a two goal lead in the last five minutes. I can see uh, the game being called off a floodlight failure with us four 0 up. And then we have to replay the match and then lose. I can see like every possible shit scenario. I, I, my, my main kind of worry is we don't we've not um, like there's a, a, another even shitter scenario that hasn't happened yet in a match that we're going to experience. Like being the first team to throw a, throw away a six goal lead or something. I think <laughs> I think we we're just setting records all over the place. I think. It's our longest run of home games without a win since um, since I don't know Martin Luther nailed his <laughs> his hot takes to the wall of the church. Um, so yes, it was it was just a shit night. It was just a shit night. The latest shit night in a run of really shit nights and. Uh, that, but it, we've rambled on quite a, a, a lot about how shit we are. We should try and inject some positivity uh, where we can get it. Do you want to hear a joke? Do I ever? Um, you know Charles Dickens wrote A Tale of Two Cities? Vaguely. Yeah, he originally published it in uh, two newspapers in the Midlands. It was the best of times. It the it was the worst of times. <laughs> uh, have, have you got any more? No. <laughs> tweet tweeting your jokes to at Wizards of Dribble yeah. because uh, <laughs> we need some kind of light entertainment content to balance out this kind of self uh, yeah. flagellating guff that we've been kind of warbling through for the last 40 odd minutes I've um, got nothing funny or light hearted that I can think of have, apart from stories about old cars I own briefly which is probably not <laughs> I don't think the first one was like, successful so I don't really want to revisit it I did um, see a tweet earlier when somebody said oh what do you think the League One starting lineup will be the first game of last season and I passively aggressively wrote down what I thought the team would be Go on. so I could read that out Yes. Um, Davies. Yay. Tymon. Ooh. Oh, he's good. We just don't know he's good. Okay. Me. Collins. Wee. Shawcross. Wee. Oh, Captain. I miss Ryan. That's, an, that's, yeah. that's, it, that's another preposterous <laughs> thing. I've, just, I've forgotten about that one, that our captain got a massive injury on the last pre-season oh. friendly of the season. That's a fucking barrel load of bad luck. <sighs> At and least he wasn't driving. Everybody saw on camera the circumstances <laughs> yes. that led to it. There's no weirdness going yes. on. All right, anyway, Edwards. And then I had Woods. Then Clucas oh, right, and Sorensen. Yeah. yeah. Then Powell. Yeah. And Gregory. Yeah. And N- Ngoy. Whoa. So that's something to look forward to. Notice how I did a diamond as well. Nice. So I'm implying that we You're, you're playing we're going to keep Nathan Jones. Yeah. Or, so, may, or maybe we should um, replace him with... Jathan Knowns or someone <laughs> he's just he's uh, a, a Welsh guy turns up after we lose to Huddersfield and says hello I'm uh, 
Jason, um, Jason Knowns, and he's got one of them big comedy mustaches on and a top. Yeah, hat. thick glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, what? So I'm going to play this formation, and it's kind of like a square tipped on its corners. And it's a rhombus almost. <laughs> it's a yeah. rhombus. <laughs> when Jason Knowns plays his rhombus formation, he just uh, he looks exactly like Nathan Jones, but he's got that big mustache, and he, and he has a, if anything, thicker Welsh accent. But, uh, he's, but he's he, about half an inch taller as well. Yeah. But he's got weird, different shoes yeah. on. Mm. He's a devout Muslim, though. That's the only, <laughs> yeah. the only difference. So God, that would go down well, wouldn't it? <laughs> what are you implying? Nothing. Yeah. Just, just, just. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just gonna drink this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Jason Nones won't be saying. <laughs> Uh, you correctly guessed it was a pork-based drink. <laughs> um, yeah, so so when uh, Nonesy, as he will be known, <laughs> takes us over, guides us to the Premier League, and uh, all the Stoke fans are just like fall in love with this this guy, and uh, you know, mosque uh, attendance rises exponentially across Stoke on Trent, and people are like, what's going on with Stoke on Trent? And like even EDL lads are, are like go going to have a, a quick pray to Mecca, and I think that then sort of from there we have like the old wounds of so many generations being healed and Christian and Muslims <laughs> and and atheists kind of coming together and we build a more positive, more progressive society. Uh, people kind of forget about Brexit and Trump and uh, we we install a government which reflects the ideals of the nation which is uh, building towards a society that cares for all the people and um, event- eventually from there it extends into the international sphere and world peace uh, gradually comes about thanks to uh, uh, Jason Nones's, um success as Stone Manager you could almost describe him as as holier than holier than than all of us. Um, he's, yeah, he's the world's most everyone, holy man. pretty much. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I think Profound. I think that's what's going going to happen. I think Jonesy will he'll he'll do the decent thing. He'll get sacked. He'll come back in a comedy mustache and top hat. No, it, it's as something a, else. As, Oh yeah, sorry. It's 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 somebody else entirely. But um, he'll lead us into the golden age. What a what a time that will be. Yeah, I'm genuinely welling up. <laughs> that sounds really exciting and, uh, and almost more realistic than my ambition of him just sticking it out and winning. It's some more games. fucking realistic than Ryan Wood still being at the club. <laughs> Wood starting, yeah. Jesus Christ! Ah mm. uh, oh well, I think that's uh, successfully covered the ana- analysis. And I can't even speak. I can't speak. Um, <laughs> it's a shame Chris isn't here. He would have really enjoyed that. I think. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah. So I know people tune into this podcast for various reasons. Some like the kind of uh, the jokes. You know, we we tried one, <laughs> went down well. Uh, some people like the kind of tactical insight and analysis that people like Tom Thrower bring to proceedings. 
Uh, obviously, no Tom today, but I think we covered uh, everything XG and high high block pressing related. And we, 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 I forgot to mention, I did mean to mention earlier, we had more shots than them yesterday. Whoa, slow down, stats, stats nerds. Whoa. Shots. Bloody hell. Shots. Uh, shots. Shots sounds Sorry, like a great idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so people tune in for, for various reasons. People also tune in to hear about uh, special offers they can get, such as beer52.com forward slash wizards. Get a free case, case of craft beer. Help us out. Be a pal. Cans. And some people here just to uh, listen to uh, Patreon plugs, patreon.com forward slash wizards of drivel. And some people listen to us just to get through to the end and uh, for us to say goodbye. So thank you very much, Tony. Thank you very much, Dave, and well done to everyone getting this far. Yes, indeed. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Stoke.